Welcome everyone, a special Tuesday edition of Couch Potato Diary, coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. Find them online at clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. You can find me online, Twitter and Instagram, I'm at primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email the show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. We are coming off of WrestleMania week, coming off of just an amazing end to the college basketball season. Congratulations to Kansas for winning a wild Final Four. Um, And now the focus turns to the golf world, as it is Masters Week. And there is no one in this country better to break it all down than our guest on the show today. Adam Stanley covers the world of golf for a number of different publications, Uh, so we'll be chatting with him in a matter of moments. Once again, shout out Gino DiPaoli, who won the WrestleMania contest, and shout out to everyone who entered. It was a whole a lot of fun. Uh, the rest of the week, we got uh, more baseball preview coming up tomorrow. We have major boxing UFC cards this weekend. We'll be previewing all of that on Friday. But one of the biggest sporting events of the year is happening this weekend at Augusta National. It is the Masters, and here to help us break it all down is Adam Stanley. Hi, I'm Kim Carson. And I'm Peter Klein, and this is We Had No Idea. A podcast about world events that you know about. But might have fallen asleep for during history class. Or social studies, however you learned history in high school. Each week we'll do a deep dive into important topics throughout history. So whether you already know everything or feel like you need to top up on some history, we'll be here for you. Listen to us each week wherever you get your podcasts. Woo! Very pleased to be joined by someone who I had the, the pleasure of chatting with a number of times at my last job and now doing it again here. He is... Adam Stanley, uh, Canadian golf media personality is what his Twitter bio says. He covers the sport for um, a number of different outlets. Uh, Adam, thank you for doing this today. How are you? I'm no problem at all. Happy to, and I'm uh, I'm doing all right. We have a, a a sure sign of spring. It's Masters week. How could you not be excited? It really is one of those like kickoffs to, okay, things are getting a little bit better. Birds are tripping outside. The sun is shining. We have Jim Nance slowly and softly narrating our way through an April weekend. It's a beautiful time. Slowly and softly only. That's if yes. we're getting too quick, then it's like, why? <laughs> yeah. what's even the point? He was probably, when it was uh, two years ago, when we had the Masters in the fall, maybe he was, he was talking fast. He needed right. to inch closer to Christmas time, but now it's <laughs> spring. So we're all, we're all back to normal. Um, and, and the big story this weekend, as with a number of weekends at the Masters, is um, Tiger Woods. This one, yeah. a, a little unexpected. It seemed like it's going to be forever and now, oh, or this weekend. Uh, I guess as we sit here, we're recording this on Monday afternoon. Um, as we record this at 3.02 p.m. Mountain Time, what's the likelihood that we see Tiger Woods playing on Thursday? I would say, as it stands right now, it's more likely than unlikely that he tees it up and, and plays this week. I was I was firmly in the, I don't think he's going to do it camp for a pretty long time. And, and if we go through the, the timeline of Tiger Woods, certainly over the last 14 months, I mean, this dude fully came out and said that amputation was on the table on, on his leg. Like, the mangled situation that he found himself in um, with this leg and with the recovery was like, it was not good. You talk to anybody about it. This this was terrible. But then you kind of think to yourself, well, this is Tiger Woods and Tiger Woods does things that no other athlete, let alone golfer has the chutzpah to be able to actually do. And we shouldn't be all that surprised, but I am a little bit. So the reason why I say it's probably more likely he's going to play than not is because of all these return trips. He just seems to be 
continuing to test himself and it does seem to feel as if he continues to pass these tests so like you said it's monday afternoon it, it's five o'clock eastern time tiger woods is playing nine holes of golf with justin thomas and with fred couples as we speak and and he played nine holes of golf already uh yesterday and he played 18 holes of golf last week at this golf course and this golf course is not an easy one to walk it's not an easy one to think your way around this is tiger woods that we are talking about and he doesn't need to do all the preparatory work that most of these guys need to do but he still needs to walk around augusta national and that's not easy but tiger woods has made the very very hard seem very easy for over two decades now it is kind of crazy that we've gone from you know it'd be really sweet if he walked again to yeah. <laughs> now, now he now he's playing this weekend like it, it it's kind of crazy and I I'm you are much more plugged in than I am I'm just a, a goof looking at Twitter but it just it seems like he wouldn't put himself out there this much if it wasn't going to happen right like it, it just seems like all all these different things I'm sure there is a little bit of oh let's see how it goes but it, it feels like he would be convinced that he would be playing if he's putting himself out there like this yeah I think the big thing was. I'm going to get in my airplane and I'm going to fly from Florida to Augusta, Georgia. I'm going to get in a car. I'm going to go through my warm up. I'm going to play 18 holes and I'm going to see how I feel. Okay, I don't feel too bad. I'm going to get in my plane. I'm going to fly to Georgia. I'm going to play nine holes. I'm going to go through my pre tournament preparatory efforts and I'm going to see how I feel. Okay, I don't feel so bad. We're going to do it again the next day and we're going to see how I feel. So I do think all of this is leading up to some kind of response, some kind of answer. 11 o'clock Eastern time, Tiger Woods is scheduled to speak to the media at Augusta National. That'll be 9 a.m. Mountain Time. So by the time this podcast comes out or maybe just afterwards, we'll we'll have an answer for sure about whether or not he's going to tee it up. But he does seem to be going through all the motions that make people believe that, yeah, he's going to be playing this week. This next question is remarkably unfair to ask of you, but I'll do it anyway. Uh, <laughs> Please do. When we, we talk about the, the likelihood of him playing on Thursday, what's the likelihood of him still playing on Saturday? Like, how 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 do we expect Ooh. Tiger Woods to play this weekend? So, I'm going to, a bit of a roundabout answer, but I don't think that we have any issues that, and I don't think he has any issues with his golf game itself right now. Like, we saw it in December when he wasn't even all that healthy certainly as compared to who he is now when he played with his kid at the father-son event you know he was hitting the ball off the tee pretty well his iron game was absolutely dialed and he doesn't really need to have too much physical action to chip and putt he's been doing the chipping and the putting for the longest amount of time during this recovery so there's no question that tiger woods can play golf pretty well right now but (laughs) playing the masters and playing on the pga tour there's a lot more to just golf than playing golf, which is such a weird response, but it's true when it comes to events like this. So will Tiger Woods is going to compete this week. I don't think he's going to contend this week. And if he makes the cut, it'll be a miracle, but Tiger Woods is the master of miracles. (laughs) So, (laughs) so we've seen crazier things from him. 
I want to get to to a point with anything in my life where people are like, you know what? If he can walk, he's got this, man. Like it's if he can just stay on his feet for like eight hours, yeah. he he is he will be dialed in. It's it's crazy to think about. Um, as far as the golfers who we do expect to contend, I guess yep. before we go into this to to make any sort of predictions or if you are so inclined to make any wagers, um, looking at the the, the year that we have had so far leading up to this event, are there other events that you can look at and go, well, this guy did well at X at this event. So he will be able to do well here at Augusta this weekend. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the players championship is, is an obvious one that, that stands out. I mean, it's the PGA tours major. So it happens at the same golf course every year. It's got arguably the best field in the game every year because they don't have sponsor invites or club professionals or amateurs, and you can kind of go on and on. So Cameron Smith, certainly who won that tournament has got to be somebody that you at least think about this week. If you're uh, so inclined to put your money where your mouth is, Uh, not only that, he's one of the best putters in the game and he's the only man to ever shoot four rounds in the sixties at Augusta national. He did that in 2020. He didn't win Dustin Johnson, of course, won that week, but Dustin Johnson's another guy to have a think about this, uh, this week. I mean, he shot 29, his last, uh, competitive stroke play round at the players. Um, he played pretty well at the match play a few weeks ago, losing to Corey Connors, uh, in the consolation match, Corey Connors, we should talk about him sooner rather than later as well. But, uh, you know, I, I like Cameron Smith's game. He seems super comfortable, super confident. He talked to media today. DJ already a winner at uh, at Augusta National. Uh, Scotty Scheffler recently ascended to world number one after winning three of his last five tournaments on the PGA Tour. So he's obviously coming in on a heater uh, as well. Uh, and then you can really just go down the list. I mean, Brooks Kepka is in form right now. Jordan Spieth is always worth uh, talking about at Augusta National. And then you've got Rory McIlroy, who is very quietly trying to win the Grand Slam. I mean, this guy, this guy's trying to do something that only five other golfers in the history of the sport have ever done uh and it does seem like we're we're barely talking about that so augusta national is just one of those places that was a lot of names but i mean it's just one of those places where you've got maybe your two handfuls maybe two and a half handfuls of the best in the game and they've all got a half decent chance to win this week and it, it really does kind of show you where golf is at right now. And this is something we, we've talked about before um, on other platforms, but you can go through like 30, 40 guys. It feels like each week is, oh yeah, this guy's got a chance. Like the the level of golfers that we have right now and just the high level of golf that there is to, to be played on the PGA Tour right now, it, it really kind of feels like no one's as famous as Tiger or Jack or anything yeah. like that. But in terms of the depth of the field, this is the best it's ever been, at least from my opinion anyway. Are you in agreement with that? Yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I, I cover this game for a living and and you're a fan, but arguably more of a, a sports guy than just a golf guy specifically. But it's easy to see that even if you're a casual golf fan, there there's a lot of big names week in and week out in this sport right now. And and you want to know why that is. It's because of Tiger Woods's influence. Like you talk to anyone who is, you know, 21 to 31, 25 to 35, and they're on the PGA tour right now. Every single one of those guys said, you know, Tiger's the man. Tiger's the one that kind of made me want to be what I am today. And because of this vast collection of influence, 
there are a lot more guys who are just way better at golf these days than there has been uh, ever before. I mean, world number one is a bit of a revolving door right now, and it just kind of goes to show how important Tiger Woods was to the golfing space that now we have this massive collection of guys who are all doing what one guy did for two, 20 years, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I, I like this, though. I like this kind of time that we're in in professional golf i mean scotty scheffler is is absolutely fabulous he's coming to play the rbc canadian open um this summer in june but john rom uh, you know has finished in the top 10 and three out of the last four ma- uh, majors as well and and he won the u.s open a couple years ago and he was world number one for for a number of weeks and, and he's right there colin morikawa has won two of his last seven uh majors that he's played in and he's another favorite this week. Victor Hovland's never won a major, but uh, he's number four in the world. He's won four times in the last 12 months all around the world. So the fact that there are these guys competing, contending, um, leaning into each other, feeding off of each other, wanting to step on the neck of each other uh, is exciting week in and week out in pro golf. And it all kind of comes to a head on a week like this at the most famous golf course on the planet. Uh, and for us golf fans, that's just the best kind of recipe we could ask for. Well, and I think too, um, the, the Netflix series that they're shooting right now, I believe like that this is the perfect time to have that. Right. Cause if, if you would have done this 10 years ago, that it would have been the tiger woods documentary. Uh, and we would have just been following him around and then just like, Oh, and by the way, Jason day exists like that. Yeah. that <laughs> that's kind of what it would have been. Right. But now yeah. you have all these guys and to, to let some of that personality show, I think will be a, a really positive thing. Yeah. And I think even the guys who aren't, on the top of golf's mountain, but have such great personalities is what's going to round out this Netflix documentary. And the funny thing is the guys with the good personalities are still really, really friggin' good at playing golf so much so that they're also going to be here this week. I mean, Max Homa, uh, one of the best guys on, on social media, also just a, a 10 out of 10 human as well. You know, he's won three times on the PGA tour in the last two years. Uh, and and he's he's here. He's here this week playing the Masters. Harry Higgs as well. You know, the guy who took his shirt off at the Phoenix Open a couple weeks ago uh, finished tied for fourth at the PGA Championship last year. He was in the penultimate group or maybe the third to last group on Sunday. And he's here making his Masters debut as well. So, yeah, Netflix cameras are, are around. They're, they're, they're a part of this major along with all the other majors for the rest of this season, which is pretty cool. Uh, and I think it's neat for followers of the game who are maybe hooked on individual personalities to then see them and realize that, yeah, these guys are funny. These are real guys who like a beer, who like hanging out with their friends, who are living it up. But, oh, yeah, they're also teeing it up at Augusta National at the Masters, and they're really, really good at what they do for a living. So it's a nice combination right now of sort of that and also the chasing history guys like Rory, like Brooks Kepka, uh, you know, like DJ, uh, like Jordan Spieth and kind of et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, a name we haven't mentioned yet is Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, he's had some injury problems here th- this year. Uh, some uh, I heard someone say that the, the golf gods will not be on his side because he brought the dude perfect dude uh, <laughs> out on uh, Augusta National, which yeah. sounds like a, a 2022 Mad Lib. Um, but how, because how, 
to me, and again, you're, you're much more the expert than I am, but Bryson, because of like how just like everything needs to be kind of perfect for him. If there's something that's a little off, that feels like it could set him off kilter, maybe more than some others. Um, how, how much of an issue are these injuries for him now going into an event that we talked about before is so stacked with so much competition? I think the biggest thing that he needs to navigate more than the physical side is the mental side at Augusta national, because he is the mad scientist of the game right now. And he is treating, or he has treated in the past Augusta national, like a science project, but it really needs to be treated more like an art project. He's trying to dial in these numbers and this system that he's got in place. And it's very scientific and analytical, but Augusta, you have to be a bit of an artist in order to win and contend and, and play well there as well. And he's he's struggled with that. And I don't know if he's going to be able to get over that hurdle this year in particular, because now he's, you know, maybe he's identified that, but he's also got to battle uh, these physical limitations that he has, uh, which came from trying to get his numbers so dialed in from hitting it so far and doing the long drive stuff and, and you know, blah, 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 blah. So yeah, I'm not too sure what to expect from Bryson DeChambeau this week, to be honest, because he hasn't played all that great here in his career, here being Augusta National. Um, a big-time question mark on his health. He didn't play that well at the, at the match play uh, a few weeks ago. He's trying to be rested and ready. Um, he, I mean, we've seen him on the range a little bit so far this week. Like, he looks good, I, but there's a lot of layers um, in terms of performance that we, we've yet to really see from him. Uh, and his body of work, the precedent that's been set for him at this golf course uh, is not great. So, <laughs> you know, it, it, I do think that what Bryson's doing is fascinating for the game. It's interesting for young kids to be able to see, hey, there, there's a guy who's not really doing it the same way as everyone else has always done it. But I don't know if that's going to translate to a nice result at uh, Augusta National. Certainly not this week. I just think that there's too many questions than answers for, uh, for Bryson DeChambeau. As far as the Canadian content is concerned, Corey Connors' name seems to come up a lot. Um, anytime he, he's in an event, it feels like he is on a lot of people's radars right now. Um, I guess because he was someone a couple of years ago was still like, we we're still kind of waiting for a bit of a breakthrough. Are we at that point now where he could potentially work into some of these conversations we've been having to, to start this show? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a big feature on Corey uh, coming out this week for the Toronto Star. Basically, the crux of it is that it's more likely than unlikely that Corey Connors has a chance to win this tournament this week. And, and I think he's just gotten over that line in the sand, if you will, where it was more likely that he wasn't going to win every single time he teed it up at Augusta up until this year. Now, I believe he's reached the point that it's more likely that he will win at Augusta National. Two top tens in a row, the last two masters, a tie for eighth, a tie for 10th. Um, just an elite ball striker, third on tour this year in greens and regulation. Uh, no winner out of the last seven masters has finished outside the top seven in greens and regulation to win at, uh, at Augusta. It's a second shot golf course. It's a ball strikers paradise. Corey Connors is 
elite in the thing that you need to be elite in in order to have success at this tournament. The putting is the only thing that's held him back, but he's identified that and he knows that that's the thing that will carry him across the finish line at big tournaments like this and at big tournaments on the PGA Tour. Um, the week that he finished third at the match play, which was two weeks ago, uh, when he defeated Dustin Johnson in the consolation final, I mean, that dude still just putted average that week. And this is what happened. And I think that we are slowly but surely seeing somebody who is not quite reached their potential quite yet. And he's 32nd in the world still. And, and wow. I think that for us as Canadians, he's 30. He is hitting, he's 30 years old, 32 in the world. Um, just had a kid. He's got that, you know, dad perspective he's hitting his stride and, and I think it's, it's so fun to be able to watch that and it's fun to cheer him on as a fellow Canadian, but as somebody who does this for a living and you dive into the numbers and you realize like, Oh crap, it's not just, I'm excited about him winning cause he's Canadian. This guy is doing all the right things to contend in the biggest tournaments in the sport. Is he the top Canadian now? Yes, he is. Yeah. Okay. So Mackenzie Hughes also in the field this week. He's uh, around 50th in the world. I don't have his number off the top of my head. And of course, Mike Weir uh, is in the field as well and, and will be uh, still forever. Yeah. Bit of a long <laughs> shot, though, I would say. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Ever, ever so slightly. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else? Like, we, we've covered a lot, Masters-wise, but is there anything else that not enough people are talking about? I think that Rory note was a, a good one that because he was the biggest star for a bit and now he's just one of everyone it kind of feels like but is there anything else that no one's really talking about going into this yeah i think too you know the rory thing is 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 a big storyline and kind of deserves to be amplified a little bit more just because of how few people have ever done it in the history of the game but i would say the only thing that is is different about this year's masters twofold something on the golf course and off the golf course this is the first masters since 2019 that's going to have full fans full patrons back um watching the event and and we we saw how robust the crowds were already today on monday uh just following tiger playing his practice round which makes total sense but in 2020 there was no patrons at all uh and in 2021 last year yes it was back in april but they only they were limited to about 8,000 patrons per day augusta never comes out with their numbers but that was kind of the generally accepted number that they had hit so for somebody like Colin Morikawa, for example, uh, yes, the guy has won two majors in the last seven majors he's played, but this is going to be his first Masters in front of the full, living, breathing, electric Augusta National that we, as golf watchers, have uh, have come to get used to over the last you know X number of years, other than the last two editions. So that's something to watch out for. I think this year's Masters will be won by somebody who's got that experience a, a bit more of a veteran guy the other thing is that the golf course has changed two two holes have been lengthened uh the 15th the par 5 15 yards has been or 20 yards has been added to that hole excuse me and 15 yards has been added to the par 4 uh 11th hole now the 11th hole has played as the second hardest hole in championship history and they've made it even harder this is rory mcelroy he talked about this last week at the Valero Texas Open. Basically what's happened is they've lengthened it, but they've also uh, expanded the fairway in some of the area around the green. So some of that, the bailout spot has been recontoured. So if you're in a bad position off the tee, 
you only really have one place to to bail out and, and to lay up close to the green to try to chip on and, and make your par putt. But they've made that area even more difficult to get to and to find a nice place in order to approach the green. So uh, take a look at, at those two holes as certainly Thursday, Friday goes on. It'll be interesting to see how the guys play, play those two. Uh, and then keep an eye on, on maybe some of uh, some of the veteran guys uh, or more experienced guys um, through the weekend and certainly come Sunday, because, you know, this is going to be, like I said, that living, breathing Augusta national for the first time in a couple of years now. This is why I couldn't be in charge of a golf course because I would be too lazy to just make those types of changes to a thing. It's like, I don't know. It's already set out there. We don't need to. <laughs> it, it's fine how it is. You it's know? A go- yeah, the guys will figure it out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I also, I can't imagine looking at Augusta National and thinking, you know what? We can improve this. Like, I, yeah. I just, I, I could, I could never be that guy on, on that committee. Um, a couple more here, non masters yeah. related. Uh, Brooke Henderson, always enjoy talking uh, about her with you. Um, I, Admittedly, hadn't heard a ton about her so far this year. So I thought, okay, maybe she she's fallen off a little bit. And then you see the results. And unless there's only 15 golfers in the LPGA now, her her results are rather impressive. With um, <laughs> um, all of her finishes in the top 15, four in the top six, it, it she, seems like she is as dialed in as ever right now. A little bit of a victim of her own success, mm-hmm. I would say, and, yeah. and that may be why. I mean, it it it's a line I've used before. We we may have you know, had that come up in, in, in previous conversations, but it, it holds true. And I think the more success that she has, the more kind of middling success that she has, the more people are going to be like, what's wrong with Brooke Henderson? And then you kind of think, well, nothing, she's just not winning, but she's doing everything else. But your, your points very valid six tournaments this year, not a finish outside of, uh, of a tie for 13th and and her tie for 13th came at their first major of the year, uh, which was last week. Um, she's playing really good golf right now. It's just a matter of all of that coming together at the right time. I mean, her putting has always been her Achilles heel, always the thing that's held her back, but she's like 21st on tour and putting average or something like that this year. Um, so she's dialed the, the thing that will be worth keeping an eye out on, on the Brooke Henderson side of things is her driver because the LPGA tour just two weeks ago adapted a new rule from the USGA that states no club may be longer than 46 inches and Brooke Henderson has used a 48 inch driver uh, since she was 15 years old. And she's gotten used to this particular action, the weighting, the length, the blah, 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 blah. Uh, and now she's been forced to change. Now, she hit it pretty well uh, last week at the uh, at their first major of the year at the Chevron Championship. But that's going to be a big question mark from now until the end of the season, just how she continues to adjust to the new driver. Um, but she's, she's made a ton of money. She's had a lot of really good results. She's playing super well. Uh, I think for her, it's just a matter of putting, uh, putting everything together. And I don't think that that's going to take her too long to do next week. The LPGA tour, uh, is playing in Hawaii. It's an event she's won twice before. And then the week after that, she heads to, uh, the tournament in Los Angeles, which she actually won last year. So it's kind of that time for Brooke Henderson. She usually takes a little bit of time to kind of get warmed up at the beginning of the season, heats right up in the middle and then kind of tails off again at the end, to be honest. But um, this is her time for sure. 
it's quite the ramping up process if that if that's what we're doing uh, yeah, everything yeah. inside the top 13 is, is pretty impressive um last one for you and i'm so excited to talk about this phil mickelson has managed to piss <laughs> literally everyone off the people who were on He's his side the people the people yeah. who definitely weren't on his side the people who didn't want to go to saudi arabia and now saudi arabia um you would have a better handle on this than i would can you explain how phil mickelson has got into this wonderful conundrum that he is in I think Phil Mickelson did not take journalism 101 like both you and I did. That might have been his first issue. Basically, Alan Shipnuck is a journalist, longtime Sports Illustrated guy. He was there for 25 years. He, he writes a bunch of books, and he's writing a book on Phil Mickelson. And Phil knows that Alan is writing a book. Uh, it's an unauthorized biography, but he's still you know commenting for it. Alan did an interview with uh, with Phil and Phil thought the comments were off the record. They obviously were not because the guy's writing a book. Um, and in those comments, he said that the guys who are part of this Saudi funded rival golf league are scary bleepity bleepers amongst other things. And that has gotten a lot of people upset. And to me, I don't know the answer and I don't think anybody ever will, but this kind of smells like a suspension to me. And I think if, you know, if it looks like one and smells like one, it probably is one, uh, although they will never come out and say either way. So, you know, the PGA tour is in, is in cahoots with Augusta national and Augusta national, you know, they do their things their own way and past champions can come and, uh, you know, they can tee it up for as long as they want to, but, but Phil's not here this week. And, and you got to think that, it's probably more likely that Phil got tapped on the shoulder and somebody said, maybe don't come this year because yeah. of you know all the all the <laughs> other stuff. So, you know, we haven't heard seen um, the guy. He hasn't liked any posts on social media. He hasn't commented. He hasn't done anything. He hasn't been spotted anywhere. Um, so I'm not too sure what is next for Phil Mickelson other than he's not playing this week. And, and, you know, it's Tuesday when this comes out, Tuesday's champions dinner day. Will he be there remains to be seen. Um, otherwise he'll probably be staying, uh, out of the public eye, uh, for the next little while. It's an interesting story because I had never really thought of there being an issue between the golfers and the, the PGA. I just thought that the PGA puts on the events, the golfers go golf, they get paid handsomely to do so, and everyone is happy and singing kumbaya. But as with literally every other sport ever, that, that's maybe not the case. And so this did actually shine a light for me on some of the like, oh, dang, like there there might be a bit of an issue here. And then he went off and, and said the things that he said. And then it was just like, oh, well, maybe not. Um, it, it's like it. it I guess part of it served the purpose of shining a light, but also, holy crap, did he step in it with the comments about Saudi Arabia too? Big, big time. So, you know, I think, again, without really having all of the knowledge, but kind of having a deep understanding of, of the, the PGA Tour and, and the rival leagues that are coming up, what Phil in his comments and his actions, you know, did do was show that the game of professional golf maybe is ripe for a shakeup. What what that looks like probably remains to be seen. And and at the end of the day, I think the PGA Tour is going to be you know the the place that the best players in the world continue to play at. What the schedule of the PGA Tour may look like moving forward is probably the thing that will be the biggest variable that could change. Um, you know, conversations are ongoing about the fall series on the PGA Tour just being totally eliminated and then maybe having more co-sanctioned events with the European Tour or, um, you know, 
making the fall events, um, you know, some of these team things or something more fun or different, et cetera, et cetera. So that's kind of what Phil brought to the forefront. He brought this, hey, maybe we could do something different kind of conversation. And I don't think that anyone's mad at that, but what he said, how he said it, you know, getting in, 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 in the same space with, with a kind of financial support system that has a lot more questions about it than is like, Oh, here's company X with a ton of money. It's kind of like, no, here's a bit of a murderous regime with a ton of money. So that's, those are probably the problems the the overall concept of can professional golf change is something worth looking out for and and definitely on people's radar uh, certainly now and moving forward but uh someone who's not on people's radar is, is phil mickelson because only he will let us know when we'll see him again uh adam thank you so much for this i, I really appreciate it always loved our, our chats before at uh, at 960 and now uh doing this again was a lot of fun uh where can people find your work yeah, easiest way is just on Twitter. I'm Adam underscore Stanley. Like you said, off the hop, I, I do write for a bunch of different places, but uh, almost all my work these days is in the Toronto Star, which has uh, been a pretty cool experience for me professionally. And um, yeah, I've got two preview things and then Thursday through Sunday, we've got some tournament coverage uh, as well coming out. So uh, here's hoping for a nice run by our Canadian fellas. But um, yeah, big, big feature story on Corey Connors coming out in the next day or so, uh, which I was really excited to uh, to put together. Nice. Excited to check it out and uh, excited for this weekend. Adam, thank you. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right. That's the show. Thank you again to Adam Stanley for coming on and thank you to you for listening and thank you to Clearwater Cleaning Solutions for being the studio sponsor. Find them online at clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. You can find me, Twitter, Instagram. I am at primetimecline and I'll talk to you guys later this week. I'm out.